Good morning to all. I don't know that I can't do anything but fight back to tears every time I hear that tune. As uh, some of you younger ones will probably not connect that, but us older ones, I suppose that uh, I live just a little after that. Some live right through it. Of those individuals who went down to South America and counted their lives not too great to give at the altar, and that's exactly what they did. When I saw footage on that in 1970-78, it was had a tremendously profound effect on me. I must admit I have to choke back the tears every time I hear that, and played so well this morning, it really made it a bit more difficult. We are in the second chapter of the book of Genesis. And we consider the one who gave his life for our sins. And no greater gift or no greater sacrifice has ever been made than that of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day... God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. The day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens... And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. And there went up mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. There he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. and From thence was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first was Pison, that is, which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bedalion and Onyx stone. And the name of the second is Gihon, and the same is that that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hidekel. That is, it which goeth towards the east, Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates. The Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, 
thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called him, called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to the, every beast in the field of the field. And, but for Adam there was not found a help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and the wife, and were not ashamed. This is where we're trying to get back to. Chapter 1 and chapter 2 are unique chapters in the Word of God. It's a unique start in the Word of God because it is bathed in perfection. And this is where we're trying to get back to. The perfect rest of God. And so we have before us the perfect rest, verse 1 through 3. The perfect creation, verse 4 through 6. The perfect man, verse 7. The perfect garden, verse 8 through 17. And 18 through 25 is the perfect marriage. All in absolute perfection. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Now, you know... Brother Martin last week said, he made mention of the way that chapter 1 says, and the stars. Well, here we have another sighting of that. It says, and all the hosts. You know, you, you can't just fly over the Scripture, especially when you deal with the book of beginnings, because it is the seed plot for the salvation that we enjoy. It is the foundation of all the Scriptures. Let me tell you, if you're out there today, and I, I pray there's no one, I, don't, I really wouldn't think there'd be anyone, but if you're out there today and, and you simply have trouble with, in the beginning, God. Man, you, you've got to be experiencing some of the, the, the most royal frustration that there ever was. Because without that concept, all there is is questions. And no answers. All the frustration. As our mortality begins to set in upon us and, and, and the wrinkles start to, 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 to form on the eyes and around the little lines here and the face begins to drop and the whole body begins to, 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 to fall down because of gravity and we look ugly and we realize I'm going to die soon. There's only questions. 
There are no answers if we don't accept in the beginning God. And here it says, and all the hosts of them. The Bible goes on to reiterate, the heavenly hosts. Uh, Brother Martin explained that they, there's, there's, there, there must be some people out there that have nothing better to do in life and, and they count stars. <laughs> you better have nothing better to do in life, I suppose. And they're up around a trillion. I don't know what number he threw out. It was just some astronomical number. And, and, and then as they're getting along, all of a sudden some uh, scientist comes along with a more powerful telescope and they said, oh, wait, 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 wait. We just found a few more galaxies. Start all over again. And the trillions and the trillions and the, the numbers are just... That, that's the host. Innumerable. But the, but the word host is interesting because not only does it, 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 it convey to us the innumerable host, it also conveys to us the perfect order of that host. Now, I want to illustrate that by saying this. Let's say that you've been unemployed for four months and, and I come along and say, I got a job for you. I say, oh, great, 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 got a job finally. So you sat down again. I got 100 cubby holes up in the wall, little cubby holes, and they're all named, one through 100. And I've got 100 blocks down here. And what I want you to do is I want to take those 100 blocks, find number one, and put it into the cubby hole, mark number one. I say, great, haven't had a job for four months. Really, really need this job. I, this is this is easy. I can do this. No problem. I, I learned how to count a long time ago. Got that done. So you begin to look around. You find number one. You put it up at number one, and and after about an hour or so, by golly, got them all lined up, all hundred. And then I come along and I say, now I want you to take over. And I got this giant warehouse, and it's 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 full of one point seven million blocks. And you see that wall. There's cubby holes for each one of them. Wow. But God, you see, with the innumerable, you see, He took each one of them and He handpicked them and He placed them where He had desired to place them in His omniscient mind. Each one of them, each one of those stars. 1.7, that would be like nothing. That's what this is saying. So, so what it's saying is, in, and, and all the hosts thereof, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts thereof. It was all put together. And then it goes on to say, and I just want just maul on that for a little while. You know, we got a, we got a God of perfect... Listen, when I looked at my notes, these are my notes for my message. Look at that mess. That's very convicting. God has perfect order. So He took each one of those stars and He had designated in His mind where I'm going to put that, what that star will do, what function. Each one of them. This is convicting. This is a mess. I'm not a very orderly person, am I? And, and, I, and I begin to look through, I begin to look at that word host and all of a sudden I got convicted. God has time for all the hosts. 
All the heavenly bodies, we, we haven't even gotten to the, to the planets yet. All the stars, everything put together. He put it all together. And I don't have time enough to really lay down something that is in fair order myself. Fairly convicting. And on the seventh day, God ended His work which He had made and He rested. Now there's been much confusion about this because we say, well, you know, the, the principle of rest, that, that's, that's certainly viable, isn't it? I mean, you, you work six days and, and you have one day that you can designate as rest. And that's, there's a lot to be said for that. But this rest is, is not really denoting that, that rest that we have before. Man, I had a hard week. Oh, man, I just want to go to bed, you know, sleep in on Saturday morning, whatever. They get. That isn't the rest that's being talked about here because we're dealing with a spiritual being. We're dealing with God Almighty. Does He get tired like we do? Well, He doesn't even have flesh like we do, so that would be totally nonsense, wouldn't it? The rest here that is being noted is the rest of absolute Completion and perfection. It leaves nothing else. Listen, this is a way I can illustrate that. You know, I, I, have a, I had a friend one time who said, uh, uh, you know, I, I, he brought his air conditioner over to me, he said, in his car, and he said, you know, I, I think this thing needs Freon. I, I checked it. It's, it's, you know, it seemed like it might need some Freon. We dumped a bottle in there, a Freon, and it got nice and cold. So he decided when he was at home, if one bottle gets it that cold, I wonder what three or four will do. All right. Now, if anybody knows automobiles, you know that if you keep dumping Freon in it, it, it suddenly it goes warm. Overcharge, boom. Well, that's an illustration of God's completeness because when He rested, it meant that there was nothing else that could be done. Any more added to it would only deviate from the already, already established perfection. That's the rest that's being talked about here. Absolute Perfection. When, when you go into your office and, 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 and uh, Michael works for the IRS or whatever, do you ever feel like you're done? <laughs> Complete, done, gone, I can go home and everything's done. Never! Because you've got this pesky boss that keeps throwing cases at you and you never get done. Have I ever called the last parent that needs to be called? The kind of classes I have, that is never going to happen. I, I got kids. Man, I could call parents all day long. They none of them speak English, so it really makes it a real challenge. <laughs> now that, yeah, come on up here, Victoria. Help me, help me, help me, you know. So, but you never feel like you're done. Do you feel like, no. But when God does something, you get this whole concept in your brain. When God made the heavens and the earth, it meant that they were absolutely, completely Finished in absolute perfection. Nothing to be added to. And that's the rest we're talking about right here. Then came sin. Chapter 3. Now Dave's going to go into that later on. We're not going to go into that. But when, Listen, this is chapter 2. This is bathed in perfection. Then came sin. And, 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 and does God rest now? Do we have a right to rest now? Well, we do, in one aspect. But does God rest? Well, God's working from the fall to the incarnation. Then the son took the baton from his father and said, like you, father, work 
I will work. And so from the incarnation to the time when He died, the Lord Jesus Christ worked. And then from Pentecost, the Holy Spirit reached out from the Son. He said, now I take the baton. And He's been working from the Pentecost until now. Do we have rest? If you, turn to, if you were to turn to Hebrews chapter 4, and I'm not sure we can this morning, but in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about the true rest. Because there is rest. Oh, I, I don't think rest of, of, of self to where we, we, we have this time when we can say complete, finished, no, nothing else to do on the earth. No, that, that'll never happen. But as far as our salvation is concerned, there is complete rest. But the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, He still stands and He still says, Come unto Me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So you see, the gospel call still goes out because the, the, the Godhead is willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Godhead works. And just like the Lord Jesus Christ said, My Father works, so I work. That should be our attitude. Until the last bell tolls, and the trump sounds, and the dead in Christ rise, and then we will know real rest when we're in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before, behold, before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into him his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul." You know, if you sit down with this portion alone, it'll blow your mind. Because what it's saying basically is, was any of this really put together for God? It, it was really put together for us. Well, what a good God, what a benevolent God we serve. Looking after us the way that He looks after us. And it says He breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, it, it says He formed him of the dust of the ground. So that's our, that's our material part, our body. It, it, it's from the dust of the ground. Now, I, I want to play the atheist. I want to play the, the evolutionist just for a minute. And I'm speaking with the evolutionist. 
Oh, sir, did you read chapter 2 of Genesis? <laughs> oh, yes, I read that. You expect me to believe that God took dirt off the ground and He made... You expect me to believe that. Listen, I have a four-year degree. I went on to my master's degree. I'm a bit more intelligent than that. Oh, then says to him, where did man come from? From an ape, of course. And, and, and you can see the, the similarities in the bone structure in the face. Oh, a little bit different, but a little, there's some, you know, right from the, oh, okay, I says. And where did the ape come from? Well, there was a lower form then, and, and we're not exactly sure what lower form, but they go to a lower form than an earth dwelling creature, and, 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 well, and where did that form come from? Well, eventually now, what they did is they, they came out of the water and it was a fish, you know, and a large fish probably, and the fish grew legs and came up on the earth and, and, and where did the fish come from? Well, says a tadpole. Yes, indeed. And, and the tadpole, he, he swam around in, in that muddy yuck down there. And, 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 and then he, all of a sudden, well, we know that, right? That's what happens, right? Where did the tadpole come from? Oh, primordial slop. What is primordial slop? It is wet dust. You know what they're saying? The evolution is saying? The evolutionist is saying that I can't accept God plus dirt makes physical man, but I can accept dirt plus water makes life. It, it, they're saying I can't accept the dust theory, but I can accept the mud theory. Does that make sense? How audacious. We have a God that, that created all this earth so that we can enjoy it. He loves us so much that He put all this earth together. Listen, it says that He created all of, all of the earth, all of the, the, the uh, stars, all of the planets, all of this was created. And then it's going to say later on that He went and He said, well, that wasn't really good enough for man, so we're going to make a garden for Him. Can you believe how insulting it is to this God who, who loves and, and wants the very best for us, to, for us to throw back into His face that we came from primordial slop. God says, I loved you. I loved you enough to give my son to die for you. And you're telling me you came from slop. I didn't give my son for slop. I gave my son for you. All of heaven, in all of its grandeur, sat before the, the Son of the living God, and, and surely that would be a more that would be a splendid place for my beautiful bride. No! John chapter 14 tells us I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will return. 
again. Let me ask you this question. Where is that kind of love, love in the primordial slop? It, just the, the fact that we love. We have this capacity to love as had been given by God. First John says, love is of God. Right? So the, see, the origins of love is God. He's what made it and designed it. It ain't going to be found in primordial slop. It's found in the very person of God, our, our, our heavenly Father from above, our triune God, holy and perfect. That's where it comes from. You know, I, I, I don't know what was more significant to me. I, you know, I have children, four sons, and, and I held each one of them. And, and, and your heart just, your heart wells up and you have this tremendous uh, attachment and love and desire to protect. And, and all these things stream through you. And, and that's all God created in the image of God. Friends, listen, when you look at the revelation and you begin to unveil the kind of judgment that God is going to, to, to perpetrate upon this rebellious earth, you can understand why. Because they've taken primordial slop and thrown it back into the face of God and said, no God, this is where I came from. Wet dirt instead of dry dirt. What an affront. What audaciousness on the part of humanity. What an insult to the love of God. Oh, friends. God loves us. And we love because He loves. It's a direct response of His love. We could not love without Him showing us what love was. It amazes me when those of supposedly the higher academic standards who believe in the evolutionary processes that take place and how they get back to this, this mud pit. They say, well, what about the, 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 the great explosion that took place? Well, that's just matter. That, just, that made matter. And then we had this mud pit and somehow life came out of this mud pit. They're going to have to stand before the holy and just and righteous God and give an account. You wonder why He judges. Verse number 8. Now we're going to skip down. We're going to have to. <clears throat> Verse number 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Thou shalt not eat of it the day that thou eatest thereof. Thou shalt surely die. This word surely die means dying ye shall die. Dying the process ye shall die. When they violated what was given in chapter number 3, they did not instantly die. Dying ye shall die. But then the goodness of God begins to take up again. 
The warning is left for chapter 3. But the goodness of God, His, His benevolent hand, His, His beautiful hand of blessing, where He wants to bless us, He wants our very best, begins again. It says, And out of the ground God formed every beast of the field, and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what He would call them, and whatsoever Adam called them, every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and the fowl of the air, and, and every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. Now, I want you to notice what God desires him to do. These beasts of the field came from the dust of the ground as well. And Adam, having higher intellect, being made in, in the image of God and, and being breathed on by God, he's a special being. This is, this is the pinnacle of all creation. He's given the, uh, uh, the task of naming these creatures, and he names them one by one and, 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 and so that God might instill into his brain not only the names of the creatures but also the idea that there's one for this and one for that and there's a female and there's a male and, and where's your counterpart? But you see that what's strange is it wasn't Adam that came up with the need for the woman. After all that, you thought Adam would have said, no, wait a second, God, you know, I just noticed something while I was going through these names. You know, uh, these various creatures. Uh, you know, no, that wasn't the way it worked, did it? It was God who said, it is not good that man should dwell alone. Now, we've dealt with the perfect rest, the perfect creation, the perfect man, the perfect garden. Now we've got the perfect marriage. Now, there aren't any of those on the earth anymore. Mm -mm. No, and if you think that you found Mr. Perfect or you found Mrs. Perfect, <laughs> you need to fill me in, man. I don't know any, really. We, we, we are born in sin and shape and iniquity and we are in a fallen world. And, and this perfect marriage becomes a prototype. It gives us a good pattern to success. You want a good pattern to success? Here's one right here. And it says in verse number 21, and, and, and the Lord God caused deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took a rib from Adam and closed up. Listen, mark that word closed. Don't let that word get away from you. Because, you see, God had the ability to reach into the body of Adam without opening his body. He could have grabbed a rib out and he could have used that to form a woman. By the way, this, form, this word form is interesting too because that's with loving hands. He could have just said, woman, boom. It doesn't say that, does it? It uses the word form. It's very, very specific. The word means that he fashioned her. He took time to, to deal with the details that God knew that this would be a, a compliment, a perfect compliment for this man. And she is, isn't she? But it doesn't say he just went through there without cutting a hole. It says, he closed up the flesh. In other words, there was an incision made. There was blood that was shed that day. Now, he didn't have to do that. God, surely God didn't have to do that. He took dust and formed man. The same word formed. Lovingly formed man. But I mean, he didn't have to go. But he did. Why? Because all these things, all these things speak of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Every bit of it does. 
From Genesis 1 all the way through, you see pictures, types of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they not necessarily do they come, become completely clear until we, we open up the New Testament and all of a sudden it's all revealed to us. Oh, you mean, yeah, look at that, look at that. He cut Adam's side. He broke off a rib. One, one commentator said, I thought it was kind of gross, but he said, he took that bloody rib. He took that bloody rib and, and he began to form. But before he did that, he closed up that side. Stitches? I don't know what he did. But there was a wound. There was blood. It was fairly gory. And I'm sure that Adam bore a scar. Let me ask you a question. They went to the two thieves and they said, oh, these guys are dead already. I mean, I, I, that, that, that the Lord Jesus Christ is dead already. So, so they broke the legs of the two thieves. But, but then you say, well, then they don't have to do anything to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, my goodness, if he's already dead, he's already dead. No, they took a spear and they launched it and it went into his side. Now, there was no bone of him broken. But out came water and blood. It's a perfect picture, isn't it? It, it? It's a perfect picture. If God would have just simply reached in miraculously without opening Adam, boom, take a rib out, simple, no problem. That leaves no problem for God. But if He would have done that, we wouldn't have seen the whole picture. And there, there it says, He closed up the flesh instead thereof. From the blood of the side of the Lord came the church. His bride, the church. And it all becomes very clear, doesn't it? It isn't for Adam primarily. It is so that we might understand a little more fully what the Lord Jesus Christ would go through for us in the days to come. When that spear was taken and launched into His side and out came blood and water, that was His bride, the church. And the rib which God, verse 22, and the rib which God had taken from man, made He woman and brought her unto the man. Now I want you to understand. She was made for. She was brought to. It was for Him. She is a perfect complement for Adam. Now if you're a women's liver out there, you better hold your ears shut. Because there is no apologizing for the fact that there is order in the Scriptures. You have God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you have man, gender man. And then you have the woman. That means she's subservient. That means she's lower. That means she's stupider. That means she's... No! It's God's holy order. How are we to stand in the face of God and say, Well, I don't, I don't like that, God. I don't like what you do. Oh, please. Let us not be so audacious. That'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? And then it says, Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. That's the, the feminine gender of man. That's the name he gave her, woman. The feminine gender of man. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked. 
the man and the wife, and we're not ashamed. Now, I want you to quickly go over to Ephesians chapter 5, and of course, that will, will put the, it, it puts that, that, that microscope on it and begins to reveal to us what is actually being dealt with here. Ephesians chapter 5, and starting at about verse 28, it says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh. For this cause shall a man leave his father, quoted from Genesis chapter 2, leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. Now listen to this. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. So husbands, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know, there's something that really just turns my few hairs on my head that are left up on end when I sit down and I listen to husbands and they say, well, it was a 50-50 arrangement we had in this marriage. She's not holding her 50%. Is that biblical? That's as deeply born into the nature of man and that's exactly where you got it. It is not biblical. Listen, husbands, what is your responsibility? Your responsibility is to love your wife like Christ loved the church. And, 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 and how was that? Well, they spit on Him. They rejected His witness. They rejected His very being. They discarded Him. So He said, well, I won't die then. If they're not going to appreciate what I'm doing for them, I just won't do it. That's not what happened, is it? Christ went on. What was it the honor He was guarding? He was honoring the Word of His Father. That's what He was honoring. I go because my Father sent me. And he went all the way to the cross. And he procured for himself a bride. I think the downfall of most marriages is when we buy into this worldly concept that it's even on both sides. It's 50-50 arrangement. I will give, you will give. When you cease to give, I don't give. When she ceases to give, or when he ceases to give, you give, you give, you give, and you give some more until it makes you cry. And it makes you shudder. And you feel like a doormat. You feel like you're being stepped on. Keep giving. Keep moving. Don't ever stop. Men, it's your divine responsibility to be a picture of Christ and His bride, the church. And that means you never, ever stop giving. Adam had it right in perfection, didn't he? 
He had it right in perfection. This is now bone of my bone. That's the middle part. That's right down the middle. That's everything that I am. This is now bone of my bone. This is now flesh of my flesh. She is everything to me. And if she stops, I continue. And if she stops for more, I continue. That's the way it is. And I make no apologies for it. I can't sit here and say that, well, you know, you, you, let's you, you, blah, 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 nothing. Put on the pants. Take the responsibility. You're to be a picture of Christ in the church. The buck stops there, guys. And there's no way you can get around that. Now, just as strong as that is the position that she was given, Genesis chapter 2. She was made for man. She was presented to man. It was man that named her. There is a subjection, isn't there? There's no getting around that. The leadership in that home should be taken by that man. And when that woman ceases to acknowledge that leadership anymore, let me tell you, sparks are going to fly. It's not going to be peace in the old homestead anymore, let me tell you. But he doesn't know what he's doing. He does everything wrong. He, 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 look at it. Still says what it says, doesn't it? And there's nothing you can do about that. That's what marriage is all about. If you do it by the book and you look at it in its perfect state, there was an absolute undoing of Adam. He absolutely gave himself over to Eve, absolutely, without any question, the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She is all to me. I will die for her as Christ died for the church. Does that mean there's not going to be problems? Don't ask me about that because I know there's troubles. There's troubles. But the minute we decide, I will take it upon myself to dissolve this union. You have taken a perfect picture that God has presented to us, an absolute perfect picture of which you are living out in your marriage and you're saying, I before God am going to dissolve this and mar that picture. And the picture is clear because the Lord Jesus Christ said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He never, ever, ever would. And you're giving testimony to this world of that wedding between the Lord and His bride. And it's not a very good testimony. Marriage isn't easy. They say it's work. <laughs> it is. It is definitely work. Is it worth it? Mm. It sure is. Absolutely. For what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Let's pray. Our God and our Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks for the clear Scriptures. We make no apologies for them, Father. We know that the world is going every other direction.
as being guided and influenced by the enemy himself, they are profaning the scriptures with their very activities. But Father, we know that that if we uphold those scriptures, we can become a testimony in this dying world, this dark, dying world that we live in. That one day the trump shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise and it will be over. Our Father, sustain us, keep us, encourage us until that day comes. In the Lord Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen.